Hello, and welcome to Talking About Our Beautiful Savior podcast number 42. Ooh. I'm Pastor Alex Grove. And I'm Carrie Grove. And we are excited to talk about the Christian is planted by the word. So yes. our Defined Christian series continues on for the summer. Um, hey, just to catch up a little bit, I was gone all week mm-hmm. for the youth rally. Yes. It was fun. Yeah. And you look great. No. After having come back. I look tired. So, and I am tired. It's two days later and I'm still, still recovering. really tired. Yeah, but it was good. Our kids were good. The chaperones were really good. We had a lot of fun. But just really interesting conversations uh, about God, about what it means to be a Christian and the difficulties of being a Christian at their age, just the different pressures they feel internally, pressures from culture. So we went to Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area, Slippery Rock University, and uh, and we worshipped for a couple of days, and we did some stuff outside, like team building type stuff that they were like really, they they did it, you know. I was like, I assumed really? it was gonna be like, oh, we don't want to do this, but they got into it. It was fun, fun to watch. And we went to a theme park, which was really great. I hadn't been on roller coaster for a couple of years, but I loved it. Nice. It was good. Um, but yeah, just it, the end of each night we would gather as a group and do uh, devotion together they would just like sit on the grass and there's a group of uh, like 30 of us and just to hear you know not, not everybody is comfortable talking in a group like that but to hear some of them just talk through their faith and be vulnerable and express their confidence in God and that was wow. that was pretty awesome Very and then cool. the only downside to this week is the Reds lost last night <laughs> that was actually like a great cherry on top no no carrie the reds <laughs> lost and that's bad we are sad this morning now because of it no it was a really good game we had a young adults group that went to the game last night and it was a one nothing game and it was it was tight it was tense mm-hmm. the last inning was was came down to it so it was fun all right, let's get into, the, again, the Christian is planted by the word is the theme, but we'll do our Sunday school lesson, Isaac and Rebecca, first. This is a, I don't know if the the young people really get into this lesson or not. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's This is a Sixth Commandment lesson for the summer. Yeah, it's a sticky one. I think it sticks with the kid. Yeah, I think so. I think the yeah. concept is, is, it has enough of a, not a twist, but it's just, it's, 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 yeah, it is odd. Mm-hmm. Just the way that Isaac and Rebecca, you know, get married. And the way that they would go about finding a spouse back at those times is so different mm-hmm. than it is today. Uh, the concept of an arranged marriage is certainly something that requires an explanation in this lesson. But it's I mean, it's also, so simple. But. Yeah, it's also something that is really um, easy to, like, explain, well, here's why, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe we'll just say this at the front of, of talking through this. Where we're getting is their view of marriage. And I think people today would look at their view of marriage and say that's so antiquated and old Mm -hmm. and weird that they would do this. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the reason God includes this in the Bible is their view of marriage is exactly what he wants. It's not about them. It's not about the the people, you know, what they want necessarily. I mean, it is what they want, too. I shouldn't say that because they're both, Isaac and Rebecca, are clearly really, really happy to be together. But the most important thing that they're looking for in a spouse is someone who shares their faith. Yeah. So um, so at the time the story begins, Abraham is 140 years old. This is still, you know, this isn't like Adam living 900 years, but they're still living a lot longer at these, these times. And Sarah had died three years before this. 
So you imagine Abraham's still mourning. You think of how long they had been married. Yeah. Um, and just uh, what what a love story their their life together was, even though it had some really, really big sins in it. But Abraham and Sarah clearly loved each other. So it's three years since she's been gone. Abraham realizes, okay, I need to make sure that my son, Isaac, has a, a good wife and family before I die. Do we know how old Isaac is? Yes, because we know Abraham was 100 when Isaac was born. So if, if yeah. Abraham's 140, that means Isaac is, is 40 years old at this point. So why do you think it was so important that Isaac had a family? Other well, than Abraham being like, I want grandkids. <laughs> well, um, because... The promised savior was supposed to be from their Mm -hmm. family. So they needed to have a family tree from which that savior could come. So Abraham gives this task to his chief servant. Um, We typically say it's Eliezer. Eliezer is not mentioned by name here, but it it most likely was Eliezer, someone like him. He sends him 500 miles back to Abraham's former home. And this trip would have taken a month. Wow. So just that that alone is interesting that he tells his servant like I need you to travel for the next month and go find Isaac a wife. Wow. You know, Isaac's not going to go. You know, Isaac's not going to go along mm-hmm. and be like, like I can like I sit her. down and have <laughs> a coffee with this person before we get married? No, it's just he's going to be gone a month. You don't know how long it's going to take for them to find a wife and then a month later they'll be back and Isaac will be like, "Okay, Here time, you go. time to get married." Mm-hmm. But Abraham made it very clear, you know, to Eliezer, you know, the the number one priority is finding someone who shares our faith in the true God. That that's it. That's the list. Right. Find someone who shares faith in the true God and go back to this because they're living in the promised land, they're living in Canaan. Nobody no shares nobody their shares their faith. Their faith. Yeah. So go back to where people worship the true God and find a wife and bring her back. Um and Eliezer asks, you know, should I bring Isaac along? And Abraham very strongly says, no, do not take Isaac back. Wow. He's supposed to be, this is where we're supposed to be, which is pretty neat. You know, Abraham had had left his homeland years before this just because God said, go, and I'll tell you when to stop. And Abraham still maintains that very strong faith. No, this is where our family is supposed to be because God wants us here. And Abraham sends a bunch of gifts along with Eliezer to, to give to the prospective bride. So, month of travel, Eliezer gets to the place, and the first thing he did was, remember what he did? Um, did he sit down by a well? He did, but what does he do as he's sitting down by the well? Um, he, what oh, would, prays. Yes, he prays. exactly. He <laughs> prays to God, asking for help. And this is, this is a really interesting thing that he does. It's not something we should imitate, but it's something he does right. here. He asks God to give him a sign. A specific Regarding sign. the woman he was to choose. So he's going to ask the woman for, you know, to go down into the well to get her, get him water. And if she agrees to do that and then also offers to get water for his camels, then this will be a sign from God that this is the woman uh, that God wants Isaac to marry. Again, I say we don't want to imitate that because we don't, we don't ask God for signs. God doesn't promise that. No. This, this seems like a very special situation. Mm -hmm. Eliezer understood just how important this was. He didn't want to make a wrong choice, so he's basically asking God just, you know, this isn't for his gain. This isn't for Eliezer's gain. It's right. just like, this is really key. God, I don't want to mess this up. Please help me. And God answers his prayer. Mm-hmm. So literally, as soon as Eliezer's prayer is done, he sees Rebecca, and she offers to bring water to his camels without even be a- being asked, mm-hmm. which 
why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because um, that's hard work. Mm-hmm. Like, really hard work. Yeah. She didn't know him. He was, right. He was out from out Just of town. Some, some <laughs> dude with a bunch of camels. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, this is another part of the account that it's really tough for us to understand because we go to the tap and <laughs> we, you know, get a glass of water, open up a bottle That's of water. That's hard work, too, oh, though. Yeah, it is. That's too, in all fairness, that is very difficult. <laughs> but, I mean, she's probably, you know, a lot of times her wells had steps down into them. So she's climbing down, walking down the steps, filling up a bucket with water, climbing back up those steps, you know, with, Enough to do with the weight camels. of water. Yeah, so she, yeah. this is like maybe an extra hour of work. for So for her to volunteer to do that for someone she had never met before is an indication that she is a very kind person. Mm-hmm. So Eliezer, you know, that's step one, complete. Eliezer's yeah. excited. Great. And he, you know, gets talking with her and he discovers that she's a member of Abraham's extended family, which meant this is the second box. You know, she likely shares their, their faith. Mm-hmm. So Eliezer immediately falls to the ground in gratitude for God's help. I mean, he's traveled for a month. And how long has he been in the area? And God's like, here you go. Mission complete. Done. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is all, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It, that, that's what makes this account interesting is seeing their trust in God and seeing how God answers that trust in very visible ways. Um, and I'm sure this was all very overwhelming for Rebecca. Um, Rebecca's brother Laban um, invites Eliezer to spend the night at their house. Laban's going to show up later. Mm-hmm. In this this account of this family, and and will not yeah. play a very noble role at Laban. It He's seems interested in the treasure, right? Up front. Yeah, Laban yeah. seems okay. Well, what kind of what kind of stuff did you bring? Eliezer, <laughs> you got some jewels. So I mean, Laban at least appears to be friendly initially. He invites mm-hmm. Eliezer to spend the night. Uh, Eliezer says uh, he won't eat until he shares with the family why he's come. Which yeah. is yeah, that's pretty cool too. That you know he's probably starving after a trip like mm-hmm. that. I'm not going to eat until I tell you why I came. Uh, so he sits down and explains to the family what happened and it's like the the genesis account like hebrew literature is interesting you think it could say you know so it recounts the whole interaction between abraham and eliezer and then eliezer and rebecca you think you could just say and then eliezer told them what had happened but it like (laughs) includes a full recap <laughs> i mean that's just like hebrew literature sometimes like that is very thorough yeah and it's interesting. So interesting so it's like you get a double account yeah. in genesis 24 if you look at it remember i taught this for bible class a couple years ago and it's interesting like that it's you get this the same thing presented twice here mm-hmm. so this chapter is pretty long so the family heard what had happened um and their first response is to say this this is clearly from god right and rebecca agrees to go um, so we should say she didn't have to go. This, she was not forced. Correct. Eliezer was not saying, I'm going to take you back now. Her family was not saying, well, you have to go. This was Rebecca's choice. Yeah. I think that's an important point to make. But she agrees. She also says, this is God's plan. And I just think if, I mean, if so you put yourself in those mm-hmm. in that position, how would that feel to you? Um, how, well, okay, let's make it real. Let's yeah. say it was me. So let's say, I don't know, my dad never had any servants or people that worked, worked for him. <laughs> he didn't? <laughs> I mean, he had people, I'm, I know he had people that worked worked with him at his, his job, but he never had a, like a servant. So just like somebody from my dad's, one of my coworkers of uh-huh. my dad shows up at your house and is like, hey, I the, I have someone back, you know, <laughs> a month's journey from here that, that should marry you. Mm-hmm. And they're also a believer. What would you have said? Um, well, I guess I would have had a lot of questions. Um but, I mean, it certainly shows 
that she like she took seriously like God's word, mm-hmm. that promise of the Messiah yeah. was was first and foremost. Right, which is which is pretty awesome. Um, so Abraham's uh, servant Eliezer is, is just overjoyed that this is all going this well. Um, they head back to go meet her new husband. So mm-hmm. a month journey back. You know, does she ask some questions about Isaac? What's he like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's his favorite color? <laughs> What's his favorite movie? Um, but a month back, and the, this kind of chapter ends with this great scene of Isaac running to meet the caravan mm-hmm. and just overjoyed that he has uh, a new wife, clearly recognizes the gift from God, and it says he was comforted in the loss of his mother, Sarah. Yeah. So the just you also see one of the great blessings of marriage is to be able to enjoy the wonderful joys of this life, but also mm-hmm. to help each other get through really difficult times. Mm-hmm. Just to, to wrap it up, some of the things we learned from this lesson, um, Abraham's oath to Elie, he makes Eliezer swear an oath yeah. that you you cannot, one, take Isaac away from this land, and two, get him a wife who's not a believer in God. So it just it underscores the importance of, um, in, a, in a marriage, to, to share faith. It is not sinful to marry someone who is not Christian. Nope. But when you do share a Christian faith, it is a wonderful blessing. I think we, we know plenty of people who are married to someone whose faith doesn't exactly match theirs. And I'm always impressed by the way those people are able to be a light in their right. marriages to right. someone maybe who doesn't know Jesus the way that they do. I think that that can be an amazing thing. And the Bible talks about that too, that you can you can draw someone toward God by the way that you live mm-hmm. as a spouse. But boy, is that a hard, I mean, that's that's why you're so impressed because it's a very hard That can task. be a difficult thing. Yeah. I think people that do that are, are very strong. Um, I think just from our own personal experience, being married for 14 years and being able to share a faith, um, so our conversations are always centered around what we know God has done for us in terms of forgiveness, what, what God is doing for us now and providing for us, and what God promises in the future in heaven. And that mm-hmm. kind of colors you know, the background of, of the decisions we make. It help, you know, really impacts what we do with the yeah, boys. Yeah, because we, we approach everything from the same kind of like, my life is Jesus's, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Like I, I, that's, all, that's all that matters. That's the biggest thing. Right. And then it makes everything else pretty easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think when, when a young person is looking for someone to marry, to key in on our faith conversations, mm-hmm. that can we can I find someone who believes the same things about God as I do? And if I can't, can I find someone who will still be supportive of me in right. that? Yeah. Right. All right. And then just the, the final point about this lesson is just you do see the faith of everybody involved that... Abraham's faith that God would show Eliezer the woman he chose, and that comes true. Eliezer believed God would help him carry out this mission, and he did. Uh, Rebecca's family believed that Rebecca was part of God's plan for Abraham, and she was, you know, continued on the line of the Savior. And then Rebecca did not hesitate to leave with Eliezer immediately. So Mm -hmm. a very different view of marriage than we have today, but one based on faith. Well, and I really, sorry I'm adding more to this, but I, I really like how... It just shows you that love is, you know, it's just, it's a decision and um, a choice. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, I'm going to love this person. Um, 
I've decided that this is the person I'm going to marry and I'm going to love him mm-hmm. and remain that way. And yeah. so it's not, there were no like, you know, like. So you're saying <laughs> the first time you saw me, there was no like little hearts, like little birds like floating, uh, flying around above your head? No, no, no. Probably because I was laughing too hard. I, but I did decide I would marry you like probably the first time I met you. Okay. To be honest. I'll take that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Isaiah 55, which is our first lesson. Um, It starts off by saying, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. And, you know, that's finding him in his word. We're not looking around with a flashlight and a GPS and, you know, where's God? He's he's here. We sometimes use those terms like seeking God God or looking for God, but he's, he's found in the Bible. Uh, and then it says, let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and you will have mercy on them, and to our God, for you will freely pardon. So Isaiah is speaking to rebellious Israel here. He's just saying, hey, give it up, guys. Give up your thought pattern. Give up your rebellion. Stop and go to the God, and he will pardon you. Like, Which mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's a, a balance of law and gospel there. Like, yeah. hey, wicked people, <laughs> stop thinking wickedly and come to God, and God will forgive Receive you. Receive grace, yeah. Uh, another section from this uh, this reading that's pretty well known, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Which is not you know the reason this section was chosen, but it's worth thinking about that God is saying, Hey, if, it, if you don't understand what I'm doing, that's okay. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And it's just it's I'm so far above you that... You just it's have to comforting. Yeah. I mean, that is such a comfort. Mm-hmm. It should be. Um, we don't always think about that. A big part of the youth rally this last week was just when our plans, when when what God allows to happen to us doesn't match with what we wanted to happen, and how easy it is to get mad at God and think God is either stupid or mean, which are both ludicrous thoughts. But we we do think them. So God's is saying here, like you just you're not going to get everything that I do because my thoughts aren't your thoughts. And I think there's some pretty good parallels for that in life. You know, I don't, I don't know a ton about cars. I know a little bit to fix, you know, just some stuff, basic stuff, basic stuff goes wrong on our cars. I can fix that. Yes. But I mean, sometimes I go to the mechanic and he says, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is, and I just have to say, okay, because I don't know. I believe you. Yeah. And same thing. Like I took my laptop broke this spring and I took it into, uh, what's that place on 265? No, not Best Buy. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Computer World, we'll call it. I know it's not that. Uh, and they like he looked at it for ten minutes while I watched one of the Transformers movies that was playing in the background. <laughs> he had to like get my attention. I was so, so involved, like sitting there waiting for this Transformers. He's like, "Sir, sir." I'm like, oh, "Sorry." Just watching Mark Wahlberg run around after these Transformers. Got really into it. And he explained to me what was going on with my computer, and yeah. I was like, I had no idea. And I was like, so. Can it be saved? And he's like, no. Like, like, okay, sorry. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Uh, but it's just, it's okay to have more expertise. Right. And, and God has way more expertise and experience and wisdom, you know, than, yeah. than we do. So it's a good good thing to remember. And then finally, the reason that this text is chosen, it finishes with this. Is the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Wow. So, you know, the God's word is like snow and rain that comes down. Just think of um, 
man, early in June, our lawn looked terrible and still doesn't look great. But I think it looks beautiful. I think. Um, but you know, then it rained for like a week, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the green came yep. back, and it just it was awesome. You know, rain comes down and makes things grow. And that's, God is saying his word is like that. It comes yeah. down and makes things grow. And it will not return to him without achieving the purpose for which he sent it. So sometimes we look at our world, we look at our country, and we say, well, I guess God's word just isn't working anymore. And we don't really believe that, but that's kind of what we imply mm-hmm. with what we're saying. And God says, you know, what are you talking about? My yeah. thoughts are not your thoughts. My, my word is going to do exactly what it was designed to do, which is to get mm-hmm. some sort of result. And sometimes, you know, that result is faith growing. And sometimes that result is someone saying, I don't want any part of this. Mm-hmm. But God's word does have power and it accomplishes his purpose. Yeah. And I mean, if we see things not happening when we wish they were, um, maybe that is a cue just to like, okay, wait, am I uh, spreading the word? Mm-hmm. Am I bringing that to other people? Yeah. Um, so maybe like check, you know, check and see. Mm-hmm. What's my relationship with God's word, both in learning it and sharing it? Mm-hmm. And we're going to roll right into our gospel, which fits very well with this Isaiah 55 concept. Um, it's Matthew 13. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, and large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So, so many people want to hear, hear Jesus that he has to get out in a boat so yeah. they can see him and hear him. Um, so this is part of Jesus' ministry where he's become very popular as a teacher. So this tells the parable, the sower of the seed, a farmer's going out. You think they don't have, there's no John Deere, you know, store right. they can go to. It was closed because of the Sabbath. <laughs> I could, Nerd. <laughs> no, there's no, the tractors and combines and whatnot aren't invented yet. Oh, so okay. a sower, a farmer just you know, has a pouch of seed. Yeah. And just, you know, walks his field and reaches in and just, you know, throws the seed wherever it may fall. Mm-hmm. So that's the picture here, just casting seed out into the ground. And some fell in rocky places where it did not have soil. No, I'm sorry, I skipped one. He scatters the some falls along the path where the birds come and eat it up. So, you know, the hard beaten path, there's there's no chance the seed is going to be able to grow there because the, the path is too dense. The dirt is too too hard. So, yeah, birds come and eat it. Which does happen to our house. Two birds come and eat my grass seed. <laughs> and I multiple times I've driven into our driveway and there's been birds and I've shaken, literally shaken my fist and get out of here, <laughs> Did birds. Did they listen? Uh, no. We have some <laughs> aggressive birds around here. Um, so the birds eat it. Uh, some some of the soil fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. So this, this you know seed starts to spring up. But because the soil is so shallow, they can't really put down a solid root. So yeah. the sun comes out, scorches the plant, it dies. Uh, the third type of soil is falling among thorns. Um, so the thorns grow up past the plants and choke the plants out. They kind of are invasive, take over all the nutrients from the soil so the plant can't survive. And then still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. 160 or 30 times what was sown, whoever has ears let him hear. Now this is also one of those parables where the People, the disciples don't really understand, so Jesus ex- explains it later. Which is nice and helpful it's for helpful us, too. It's helpful for us, too, yeah, <laughs> just to get get the explanation right out there. Um, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So, yeah, when, when someone just simply does not understand you know, the point of God's word or you know, why it's so great, then the devil is able to come and just grab it before it has any chance to take root. 
A seed falling along rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and then receives it with joy, but they have no root. They last only a short time. So someone who finds Christianity in the Bible very appealing shortly, but never really gets past surface level. It's just sort of like, understanding. I have a general understanding of God, general understanding of Jesus. This is what he did for me. Wow. Awesome. Right. Yeah. But then as soon as life isn't the way that you want it, you bail. This stinks. So yeah, this is, I mean, this, this is one of the main reasons we talk about growing in faith and discipleship yeah. because you're, you're just general, you know, very shallow understanding of God will not hold up to being alive in this world. And then uh, the seed falling among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. I'd say those second and third types of soil are similar, but here instead of just, um, you know, it being like persecution or something, it's more here. Distractions. Yeah, distractions of this life, wealth. It mentions here, you know, that you can grow for a while, but finally something, you know, around you becomes more important to you and takes over right. your, your life of faith. And then finally, that last soil is, is people who hear the word and, and take root. So I think, you know, the point of this lesson is to is to not think like, okay, which which soil am I right. by nature? That's not, not the point. Mm. The or point who, is, yeah, who point, am I going to look for that mm, I need to tell? Right. The point is, you know, am I listening to right. God? What's my relationship to God's word? And do I... Am I spending time with God? Am I discipleship? We sometimes use that term. Am I studying God's word at home? Am I studying God's word with other Christians? Mm -hmm. Which is what allows the seed to take root. Right. If I'm allowing, you know, the busyness of this life and oh, I gotta, my life is about money, then I'm that third soil. I'm in danger of becoming that third soil. Mm -hmm. um, or that, that second soil where I just, I'm, I'm totally content knowing only a little bit about God then like we mentioned before when suddenly life doesn't go my way that is going to be a real challenge to my yeah. very shallow faith so that's the point of this lesson is is to to grow to spend time with god to seek the lord where he may be found while he may be found mm -hmm. we have this life is our time of grace which is our time to know god and learn more about him yeah and then nurturing the people you know who you are able to influence yeah um so that they can be good soil too like you know, if if I'm going to try to bring um, someone I really care about to faith, um, I won't just, like, put it out there and be done with it. Like, mm -hmm. I'll put it out there and then I'll cultivate, you know, like, yeah. really, really digging deep. Like, I'm going to, I want to make sure that this person can be good soil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um I just was thinking when we were up in, we went to see my family in June for my parents' 50th anniversary, and it was really, really fun. And my dad just kind of addressed the group at one point and just said he was so thankful that all of his kids were still hearing God's word. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was pretty powerful. That was very um, powerful. Just that, that's, that's what he wanted. It was just for all of us to still be having the seed. So it was yep. pretty, pretty cool. So, um, yeah, and if God has given you, kids to raise i mean that's the number one thing i mean that's mm -hmm. it's what abraham said to eliezer it's mm -hmm. what god wants for us is just make sure you can screw up as a parent a grandparent a lot and you know and still be fantastic yeah. if you bring the word to mm -hmm. them yeah all right uh let's do and read that on what has now been sown because mm -hmm. i really like that hymn on what has now been sown thy blessing lord bestow the power is thine alone 
to make it sprout and grow. Do thou in grace the harvest raise, and thou alone shalt have the praise. All right, some old school wording there. Very but, cool. Um, it's a hymn from the end of service section of the hymnal. So it really fits the the imagery for this Sunday, the, the planting imagery. But at the end of the service, you're just basically saying to God, a bunch of seeds have just been sown, have been planted among the people here. Now give it your blessing, God. Let that faith sprout and grow. Which is a nice ramp into our final question. What is helpful about thinking of your faith life as a plant? Oh, wow. Can you start? Sure. Um, I just I think a lot about what we do here at our house in terms of planting and how we have failed. I have failed over and over again in trying to grow things. Well, I mean, it's a joint effort for sure, but I'm typically the one who takes on yeah. the responsibility more of watering things and planting things. And I think a couple of years ago, um, for your our anniversary, they made you um, flower boxes. Mm -hmm. And I was very proud of that. Um, and we went out to Home Depot and we got a bunch of flowers. Mm -hmm. And we're like, this is the year. Yep. This we're gonna year's going to be different. This. We're going to, there's a little competition in our area, in our neighborhood, where you can get a little flag. Oh, if yeah. You have, if the, I don't remember what it's called, like Neighborhood Beautification <laughs> Award or something like I that. that. We've never gotten, never gotten one. But I, know, I think the, that year that I made the flower boxes, we're like, this is our year. Like, we're going to do this. And we bought all those flowers, and they were dead within, like, a month. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so, and it was like, I don't know if there's more we did wrong, but I know this. We did not water them. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we did a really good job for, like, two weeks. I think so. And then, like, we kind of, like, let them. I think I went to the youth rally, and then it was, like, you know, <laughs> VBS stuff. We were both yeah. prepping for that. It just... We, you know, I remember walking back out there, like, ever, and there was a stretch where I, they probably didn't go in the backyard for, like, two weeks when we were gone, <laughs> and I came back and just stared at those flower boxes, like, this isn't the year, we're not going to get <laughs> one of those little flags in our those yard. flowers. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I just think that's the same thing is true of your faith. If you, you know, for a stretch, you're like, I'm totally, I'm totally going to spend time in the Bible, I'm going to start a new Bible reading plan, our family's going to do these devotions. Uh, it's going to go so well. And then something else comes up and you stop. Like, mm -hmm. we should not at all be surprised if our relationship with God gets worse because that's the one thing he said. Spend time with me. Yep. Use the sacraments and your faith will grow. So if we're not doing that, we shouldn't be surprised that we don't get a neighborhood beautification award <laughs> for our life, life of faith. Right. I have thought about having one of those flags made, <laughs> like going online and having the forest park. Our neighbor across the street would know it was not he would, real. He would definitely know. He does an amazing, he's super nice, and he does a great job in his yard. I can't imagine his face if one day he's out, like, because he'll get up and water his grass at, like, 6 in the morning. Yeah. If he looks over and sees our, not trashy yard, but not, also not beautiful yard. Like, wait, they got a flag? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's, we, uh, David and Goliath situation, underdog, came from behind. We got a beautification of what? What do you say? Um, well, I think if I look at it as like a plant and you think of like, you know, the really like lovely little, you know, fresh seed that sprouts and mm -hmm. like it's really cute and then it's pretty. Um, but like, man, we have the potential to be like just this huge full grown like plant um, that's, you know, like I think of like a willow tree. Um, 
with, you know, so many, so, so many things that I can bless other people with mm-hmm. because I've been blessed through time and God's word. Yeah. Um, you know, like, wow, why would I want to just like stop at like being a little, you know, teenager tree or, uh, you know, small tree. Like why I want to grow into one of those really big mm-hmm. ones yeah. and not, not like, you know, for own like oh i want to look good or whatever but like for like man, what an awesome tree. <laughs> but what an awesome gift like that if i grow in my faith i'm going to be able to help more people right and I, I mean that's the fruits of faith concept from galatians 5 right that the more you are watered by god's word the more you demonstrate fruits of faith and most of those fruits of faith deal with how you treat other people right you know, patience kindness goodness yeah. i mean the, the more you study God's word, ideally, the better off you'll be treating other people as you demonstrate that faith in others. Uh, I remember a couple weeks ago when I was getting ready for an MLC presentation, I asked Garrett and Natalie Kane to share some thoughts um, as part of the presentation on discipleship, and they had some awesome stuff. And one of the things they both mentioned was consistency, just being consistent at home with devotions. And I think that's that really fits with uh, the plant thing. Like you got to be consistent in watering your plants. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you can't bring them back. Maybe you know if they right. wilt a little of bit. Course. But mm-hmm. it's so much better if you're just consistent. If you're like watering at the same time and making sure they get you know what they need. So I've, I've been thinking about that since they've shared that. Just the importance of being consistent and saying um, each week this is we're not going to give up this thing because it's too important. Yeah, and I think it really takes like thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got to be intentional about like, okay, how am I going to plan my days and my weeks so that this will happen? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I don't, you know, really structure a schedule that's going to provide, this is like Mm -hmm. when we do this, um, it's not going to happen because there are so many distractions. There are so many other important things in our life, Mm -hmm. um, good good things um, that just kind of, get us away from it yeah so if you're listening to this we pray that you're able to find some consistency in your your discipleship life and we should we should be done now we're going on quite a while here oh boy. Let's finish with this so we were at that reds brewers game last night and the brewers won which was super sad and then there was fireworks afterward which is i never stayed for the fireworks but they were playing a series of like 90s music hits really and i was like getting into it oh you know, for sure fighters there goes my hero <laughs> You know, I was like, you know, just kind of like rocking out here. And uh, it was like a whole medley of hits. And somebody from the group afterward was like, was that all the same band? No. It like, hurt my heart. But like. I was like, it was, <laughs> made me feel old for one. That they were like, all that music sounds the same. And I was, in my head, I was like, this playlist is amazing. The best of the best. Uh, was that all, all the same together. Band? All right. Bye. Bye.